It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. Christopher Hahn. Let's rip and roar again. Let me hear that music in the background here, Mike oh, Show. Yeah. Hold on a second. Why is this so familiar to me from the cornfields of Indiana? <laughs> Guns and Roses, baby! With Slash, with the hairdo that covers his face. and Centering High School Class of 89 oh, football, baby! Oh, this, this is our theme is song. Oh. Yeah! Yeah, pump it up, pump yeah, it up! Yeah, baby. Run out onto the field with this. Welcome to the jungle! This is what would have been the theme song of the NFL, right? Wouldn't I would you, think so, yeah. Wouldn't you consider this should have been the actual theme song for yes, yes. the Natty Boys, the Cincinnati Bengals, who at one time had more of their players who were on home incarceration <laughs> with the bracelets. So when this, they this go for practice very long, games. Very long. Not the current team. Very long time ago. Yeah, but how can you forget? Ah, well, it was before my time. How Curtis. can you forget? <laughs> what? You're talking about like 1976. Not anything memorable <laughs> about Cincinnati other than, uh, oh, my God, Well, no, they chili. Put, yeah, they put chili on top of spaghetti. That's what I think. Whenever I think of Cincinnati, that's what I think of. Chili on top of spaghetti. And once I was on a flight, I had to go to, uh, I had to, go to, I had to, go to Cincinnati. I was going somewhere near Cincinnati. I'm on a flight, little tiny plane with Chris Collinsworth. The guy who's going to be announcing oh, yeah. the, the big game Mr. today. Mr. Pretentious. I, I love the guy, and I'll tell you why. I spent the entire flight not talking to him because I didn't want to be a schnur. On the way off the flight, I say to him, what do you think of my Giants this year? And the guy, all the way to the baggage terminal while we're waiting for our cars, all he wanted to do was talk about football. I'm talking about a guy who loves yeah, but the you're, sport. Loves you're in a does. fraternity with Chris Collinworth because he was a punter, a kicker. No, no, he was a he was a wide receiver. Yeah, but I best know him <laughs> as a kicker. Well, he was a wide receiver who would also punt once yeah, in a while. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. He's a dual dual player there. Yeah, but I did not punt in college. I only kicked. You did not punt. I did not punt. I only punted in that prison league I played in after college for a couple of years. <laughs> so. But now, before we get to the stupid bowl, the turlet bowl, the game, the whatever big, you want to call it. The big game. we got to call it the, the big, big game. game. Yeah. We're going to talk about that momentarily. But the weather conditions here, snow showers galore. So I'm sure from where you come from, the outer, outer, outer areas yeah. of New York City, it was like a, it was like a half a foot of snow this morning. Uh, you know, but I got when I got to the highways, there was nothing going on on the highways. They they were plowed, they were salted, they were fine. Took me like an hour to get in here. There was nobody on the road. Everybody thought they had to stay in today. Now we depend on you, Chris Hahn, as the litmus test to how New York City is doing in its recovery, its resurrection. <laughs> it's not about how many more people are riding the subways, how many more office buildings have welcomed their workers back from virtual work, but whether you can find a legal parking spot in the streets of New York City on I, a Sunday. I, I did find a legal parking spot. Look, I've always been able to find a legal parking spot on Sunday in New York City. You just got to look for it. Like I say, uh, parking is like sex. Don't pay for it. If you look hard enough, you'll find you'll find someone. But think about it. You have other impediments to that. You have homeless encampments that block some of the parking uh, spaces. You have these restaurants blocking half of them. All right, but city some bikes. Of the, some of those restaurants are not being utilized. So no. the homeless have basically occupied those outdoor sheds. Some of them so large. 
You could actually park a 747 in there as if it were Quonset Hut. Yeah, I think these. Uh, I think they're here to stay too. The city council is trying to figure out. Well, now the city council is trying to figure out a way to permit them, so maybe they won't be here to stay. Because if you're going to permit them, you're going to cause a fee, and people like forget it. Well, speaking <laughs> of the homeless, oh my God, have you seen the bulldozers moved in outside of Sophie Stadium? As they SoFi, clean, SoFi. SoFi Stadium, where they're cleaning away the homeless encampments, and some people were saying. There's just no hiding it in L.A. They're everywhere. The tent colonies are everywhere throughout well, Los Angeles The weather Angeles is County. nice there, so people like to sleep outside. I don't know what to tell what you. What was that? It's, it's a little different down, than here in New York. I was down in Florida this week. Yeah. Uh, my first getaway since the lockdown and pandemic of March yeah. of 2020. And it's like God's country. It's like paradise. It's DeSantis land. It's like a different world. Forget the masks. Forget social distancing. People were enjoying themselves. And then I had an opportunity. I stopped in on my Kumbadi Cheech Rudy Giuliani, who yeah. has a condo in Palm Beach. <laughs> he should probably stay there permanently, don't well, you? Well, wait a second. You know, he's been age. subpoenaed to uh, testify yeah, January 6th. See what committee. happens there. We'll talk about that later yeah. on. But I ended up doing one half hour of his hour show yeah. from his bacouse, his bathroom. Which he, I got to tell wait, you. Wait, wait. He does his show in his bathroom. He's like, share. Well, that's how you get the best signal down there. <laughs> but the point is. He, wait, this, wait a minute. The best signal or the best acoustics? No. The best signal in order so your acoustics can kick wait, in. Wait a minute. So he has his studio in the bathroom. Huge. It's, Fact, a, it's a big bathroom. The bathroom is so big, it's larger than the apartment that I share with my wife, Nancy. <laughs> 328 square feet uptown in the Upper West Side. Who, who with was 16 here earlier cats. but had to leave because she's got to go home to study for the SATs, right? Or something oh, like that. Oh, wait a second. Whoa, <laughs> is there, wow. Is wow. that what's going on? You still can't guess how young she is. <laughs> I don't know. She's, every time I see her, she looks younger. Well, speaking of young, so we're, we're sitting there. We're doing this broadcast half hour. I'm helping his son, Andrew, run yep, the governor yep. of New York State. He's Long in the other shot. room with his wife. He's his, in it. Good thing he's working on his New York State gubernatorial run from Florida. Great job, Andrew. Wait, wait, you, you're, you're helping him or you're hurting him? What are you trying to do? No, no, I'm oh, helping no, him. No, I'm no, helping I don't him. want to be here for the New York winters. I want to spend the winter in in, in St. Augustine, Florida. But I got to tell you, Chris Hahn, I've been down to Florida many times. I have yeah. Guardian Angels. By the way, today is the 43rd anniversary of the Guardian Happy Angels. anniversary. We celebrated earlier today. Uh, 13 countries were in. You ce- how did you celebrate? Did you go out and you know beat up some guy trying to shoplift a pack of gum from a CVS? Like, how, does, how do you celebrate That would just be stuff? too easy. No. You know, all we have to do is stand outside yeah. of a CVS or yeah. Walgreens. What did you guys do? What it's like you- easy pickings. No, we were up in uh, the Inwood, Washington Heights section, 187. Yep. Uh, and a place called Angelica's that had just opened up while so many other bars and restaurants had right. closed because of the pandemic. We said to this guy, he said, you know, I'm hanging by a thread. Could you do your anniversary here and showcase it? Because there were people in my community here who were afraid to leave their apartments, afraid to come down, don't yeah. even know that I'm opened up. That's that's not good. And so we blew off the roof there. We had it on Zoom for all the Guardian Angels in 13 countries, 130 uh, cities. There were about 5,000 internationally. So it was a great, great day. But I got to tell you, paradise, freedom, and DeSantis land well, down in Florida. We don't have a mask mandate here in New York anymore. You know, oh, you, 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 maybe you, here you couldn't the, tell me that. Maybe here in the city. There's, I mean, there's, come on, Chris. You're correct. The governor, Hochul, has said no more masks. While going into a retail or wholesale establishment, people are still wearing masks, double masks, well, triple masks. They are, have the shields there's on. There's got to be a – look, 
Um, I am concerned about this for my people, for the progressives in this world who who are not going to let go of the pandemic, right? If you're vaccinated, and particularly you're vaccinated and boosted, a lot of the people wearing double, triple masks right now, they're vaccinated and boosted. Their risk is basically zero. Um, now, if you have a health condition, mask up, seriously, right? But if, you have, if you're healthy and you're vaccinated and you're boosted, you don't need to wear a mask. I'm, so, I'm, I, 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 it's very different here than it is out on Long Island. You know, out on Long Island, people weren't taking the mask mandate the second time as seriously because a lot of people had Omicron and they got over it. So, you know, when they lifted the mask mandate, boom, everybody's not, nobody's wearing a mask anymore. He, I, I came into the city today, first time since the mandate's been listed. People are wearing masks on the street Everywhere. outside. Everywhere. I, I was a little, I was a little let, surprised. Let me take by that. you to my hood, my neck of the woods, which you would love the epicenter of liberal progressive politics in New York City, the Upper West Side, the, the, Upper Bohemian, West. the Bohemian capital, where earlier today... The people, Seinfeld tour. Right. People were right. reading their Sunday New York Times, hard copy, the old Altacockers, yeah. arguing with their husbands and wives. I get a hard copy of the New York Times on Sunday. Right. Not all the time. But arguing Sunday. over even the letters to the editor <laughs> as they were having their Starbucks coffee. I love it. All of the masks. How are they drinking their coffee? Do no, they have a straw? They take the mask down just to take a sip, and then they put the mask right back up. Mm. I'm saying to myself, this is insane. Well, maybe, you know, look, you don't know their health status. Maybe they are concerned, especially if you're older. You might want to be a little bit more careful. What about the shield, though? The shield that they wear in front of the double and triple I, I haven't masks. seen a lot of shields today. I saw, I saw a lot of masks. I didn't see a lot of shields. But uh, I mean, speaking of football, and you played football, I played I did. football. I played it earlier well, I played than it you. in college. Right. I played it earlier than you. <laughs> there was no such thing as a shield that covered your, your, your face with the uh, well, with the well, you uh, couldn't bars. put a shield on a leather helmet when you were playing. Well, that was it. Right? I did. My initial helmets that were issued to us at Brooklyn Prep when did I you, played freshman football. Did you play against football. Jim Thorpe? Was he? No, that was Carlisle University, no, no. Jim Thorpe. Yeah, okay. that was that yeah. was way above my ability. Got it. Got five, it. Five star top shelf. But first helmet I was ever given in Brooklyn Prep, freshman football, was a leather helmet. Leather helmet with a plastic uh, face guard. Amazing. And that's where I ended up losing my front tooth. And I see you fixed your tooth. It was very, very that was that was arduous. It was very difficult to watch you, you know, talk to you. I, all I kept doing was seeing that tooth, that big gap I, in your I teeth. I think looks it, good. It took more time screwing a tooth in <laughs> uh, than it does drilling in the ocean for an oil well, like thousands and thousands of feet underground. Well, you got to have more certifications in New York City to drill in a tooth than <laughs> to drill in the ocean by Florida. Just, just for the record. You know. <laughs> Well, let's go. Let's go to uh, what should be your field of expertise. Yes. Since you have a Esquire at the end of your I name. am an attorney. Uh, and my wife, Nancy, who just left, you still haven't figured out how old she is. Well, right? uh, you know, look, if she's really an attorney, I don't want to I, I don't want to give up the bit. So I like the bit that she's in high school, like she went home to study for. But I know she's an attorney, so I'm not going to give up the bit. I'm not going to drop the wall. Understood. And gotta, I understand. You know, look, I understand look, why you we got to we got to get you an improv class. Okay. <laughs> I understand yeah. why you would think that she yeah. looks very young, she but does. she's an e attorney now. She used to do criminal law, civil law, right? But this concept that we have to refer to this game. As the big game, or else, you know, mm. we've been told by management to yes. suits the markets, yes, the market yes. mugs. Don't dare call it what it was originally meant to be. Right. I'll never forget that first occasion. On one side, Vince Lombardi and the Green Bay Packers versus the Hank. Frozen Tundra of Lambeau Field. Right. With 1968. Hank, Hank Stram with the bad rug on his head. Yeah. 19- you know. 
uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I mean, you could call it what it was. Right. Look, we have a World Series. We could say, oh, the World Series. Yep. Uh, World Cup, which is bigger than the Super Bowl. We have no problems calling well, it the World Cup. Well, we'll talk more about that. On the other side of this break, because I think everybody's interested in the big game. I'm interested in the big game. And we got to talk about why we got to call it the big game. I don't think we really do, but we'll try. Chris Hahn, Curtis Sliwa, we're with you till five. It's the left versus the right on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sliwa in the left corner, Christopher Hahn. Hey, oh yeah, this is my music right here, Nirvana. Chris Hahn, Curtis Sliwa, pre-gaming with you before the big game. I could go with the flow, I could go with the flow here of Nirvana. I love Nirvana, man. When I first heard this, my whole music world changed. This was all I wanted to But you to. see, we can call it Nirvana, we can refer to their playlist... We cannot refer to the tradition of what this big football game is now. What is it we have to call it? We, we were told by the suits here. By the way, a, a kid wearing a wool hat, which we're calling the suits. <laughs> <laughs> we were told not to refer to the big game as everybody in America is talking about right now as uh, that thing all right, that we're not supposed to say. But the NFL is a monopoly to begin with, which is unfair. Well, I mean, it's not really a monopoly. I mean, you could try to start a professional football league. Yeah, but they but, get subsidized by the government. Well, yeah, the, the every, NFL. every pro sport gets subsidized it's by ridiculous. the government. ridiculous. Yeah. So you have now billionaire owners and millionaire Getting players. Getting free stadiums from the state, which is, by the way, one of the points Al Sharpton's making right now. When we're talking about this Flores issue with the the, the, the the fact that there are very few African-American coaches in a league that's 70% black. By the way, there is a connection. Let me give you the connection with Flores, Al Slim Shady Sharpton, and Sid Rosenberg, part of the morning team at WABC. You know what that contact is? What is that? It is that uh, Flores went to Poly Prep, very prestigious uh, private school, not a religious school, secular school. In Brooklyn, in Fort Hamilton, under the Verrazano Bridge. Got it. Al Slim Shady Sharpton sent his two daughters to Poly Prep. Well. I still want to see who paid the tuition for that. And, I, he does okay. And, and Sid Rosenberg, bad boy of Brooklyn at the time. Yeah. His parents said, send him to Poly Prep before he does triple life without parole. <laughs> well, it worked out. He didn't do any, any time. But Flores, as you have uh, mentioned, is suing the NFL on yep. all different levels, saying, as a righteous, Uriel, Asiatic black man, I was not given a good opportunity to earn another NFL coaching position. And I'm scratching my head because I saw, since I was down in uh, southern Florida, they introduced a new coach, white guy, young guy. Uh, But the general manager there is a black guy. Mm. I'm saying to myself, okay, Ross is the owner. I don't like him. Uh, He's despicable. What the hell? The general manager is a black guy. He would have been participating in that process of of continuing him as the coach there. Look, I I mean... It's got to get sorted out. I mean, the commissioner today or yesterday in his pre-big game press conference, (laughs) sorry, big game quotes, uh, he made the point. He's like, look, this is unacceptable. We we need to have more black coaches in the league. And he's going to get a revolt from his players, frankly. There are, you know, this is a league that is predominantly 80 percent, 80%, 70% or something like that. And it's a a large amount of players. All the big stars, for the most part, uh, are black. So, you know, what are you doing here? I mean, look. Granted, 
the owners are not black, right? And I think that's the point that Al Sharpton's making, that, you know, the people who are the ultimate decision makers, the people who have to have the relationship with that head coach, which is, you know, the manager of this billion-dollar enterprise these people are in, um, it, 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 you know, they're picking that person, and there aren't a lot of African-Americans well, you know making the choice. You know what's interesting? Uh, Flores was also interviewed by the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And he claimed that the uh, All-American, uh, Stanford graduate, uh, NFL MVP in Mile High Stadium, the old stadium, John Elway came in all disheveled, you know, it w- basically was just going through the process because right. they had to interview an African-American. I saw John Elway one time in New Orleans. That's the best place for Super Bowls. You yeah. can walk right to the <laughs> Super Bowl. He was in the casino, which is... By the way, you're going to get fined every time you say that. You're going to have to put a dollar in the swear That's jar. Right. The big game. The big game. I don't want Matt to come down on you, man. So there's a <laughs> casino right there, right near the river. He looks like a caricature. I don't know if you ever saw John Elway, uh, John Elway in, in person. I've never seen him in person. I remember him you know, as a player. Physically, he's disproportioned. What do you mean? His body doesn't necessarily fit his head and doesn't fit his legs. It's almost like he's a Robotron. Huh. Really, and obviously... He's got he, big arms, probably. Right, he was big, sane and sober at the time. He was playing five-card draw poker, big time, a lot yeah. of money on the table. Uh, but to say that he was disheveled when he came in for your interview, what do you expect <laughs> him to show up in is. a suit and tie? Remember, he's a former football player. Right, so, but you know. now the NFL, uh, through Roger Goodell, are trying to convince the world's richest African-American. To buy a team. To buy the Denver Broncos. They're yep. actually putting the Broncos up for sale, yep. saying, Guy, you got the money. Buy the Denver well, Broncos. Well, they should. Time to do it, right? We need to have we need to have a little parity among the owners. And then I think you'll have some real change in the NFL. When the people who are actually writing the checks are black, they're going to be more interested in, in talking to black head coaches. And there should be plenty of, plenty to choose from. All right. Chris Hogg, Curtis Lee, we'll be right back. Now, through your favorite podcast platform, it's the left versus the right. Debate heavyweight slugfest. All right. Chris on Curtis Sliwa, better than a big bowl of salsa pre-gaming the big game. No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip my hand uh, yeah. because I think we should do our picks right now. A All hot right. bowl of chili. Hot bowl of chili. With uh, nice cheese on top. Onions, cheese, jalapeno. The whole nine Give me the works. Yards. Give me the works. Let me tell you something. I'm going with the Natty Boys today. 24-21. And the reason... Isn't so much the Joe Namath of this new generation yeah. taking snaps for the Natty Boys from LSU Burroughs. He is the reincarnation of Joe Namath in a lot of ways, even though Joe Namath's not dead. It's not that. It's because I know Odell Beckham. He folds like a cheap camera when the pressure is on. We saw that Giants, Green Bay in the tundra. There will be a pass that will be flat out with nobody around Odell Beckham on his way to break. The deadlock, 24-21, touchdown, L.A. Rams, but he will drop it. He's not their biggest weapon. Doesn't though. matter. Right. Well, we'll see. I, 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 I actually agree with you. I think that the Bengals are going to win this game because of Burroughs. I mean, Burroughs just has this, this I'm not going to lose kind of attitude. I, I think, you know, Stafford's a better quarterback. I think the Rams might have a better arsenal, but I just feel like the intangible of a quarterback who's so sure of himself – Hasn't really lost that much. By the way, with so many people working at home virtually and not yeah. being in the office, yeah. 
How are they doing the office pools? I don't think they are. I don't think you're doing office pools. All right. mean, you so, could use one of the many apps like Venmo or PayPal or Zelle. Right. So with uh, the big game just hours away, yes. uh, over on the point spread, I'm picking the Natty Boys from Cincinnati, Vine Street, over the Rhine. But you're taking the under because I think the over-under is like 46. I was listening yes. on the way in. Yes. So you're picking the under. Yes. I thought the, I thought the over-under was kind of high, too, and I was going to take the under. Uh, and I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. I think it's going to be Cincinnati, and I think the – I want to see the kicker be the MVP. They got a great kicker uh, on the Bengals. What is it with you and kicking? <laughs> I'd like to see this guy kick a 58 yarder. That's right, you like Chris the record in the Super Bowl. I'm who also saying. was a punter. Kickers are underrated. They score a third of the points in the game. Let's give this kid a chance to be the MVP. But now in the stands, uh, in the luxury boxes, will be all the freakazoids, jet yes, setters, yes, yes. and. Uh, Folks who will probably not be wearing masks, you have to mask up. Oh, well, everybody's everybody likes to play gotcha with the masks, right? But I mean, it's you. The guys in California, the guys and gals who have imposed this right. lockdown, uh, this mandatory mask wearing, right, are the very same people who always get caught not wearing masks. Garcetti being yeah, the yeah. best, the L.A. outgoing mayor, thank God he's outgoing. Who said when he took that selfie with Magic Johnson in that luxury box, I held my breath three seconds when I took my mask off. You know, there's a simple solution for this. we got to stop treating people who are differently situated the same. If you're not vaccinated, you should wear a mask, period. If you're vaccinated, you you shouldn't wear a mask. I mean, we're, everybody's wearing a mask because there's like 30% of this country and 10% of the truckers in the world, by the way. 90% of truckers are vaccinated. 10% are making up this stupid protest, right? So we're, we're all changing our world for the 30% of people who don't care about anybody else but themselves. So I have to care about somebody who's unvaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted. Everybody I know and love is vaccinated and boosted. Screw you, you unvaccinated. You wear a mask. All right. I would make all mask mandates... Only apply to people who are not vaccinated, period. I would also ban back unvaccinated people from flying on airplanes so we wouldn't have to deal with their nonsense on the wait, plane. Wait, wait a second. That's how I got back and forth to Florida. But you're this vaccinated. Week. I know. I'm vaccinated. Yes. I haven't had my boosters. Right. But, well, go get you know, there are, there are people who are on that plane who obviously everyone has to wear a mask. Right. Yeah, the, not, uh, the mass Nazis up in the front, the stewards and stewardesses saying, if, if when you put your glass down, the mask got to go right back. I said, "Excuse me, you know, I I don't want to pour it on myself. Doesn't matter." They, I didn't know they had uh, stewards and stewardesses on uh, Frontier Airlines. <laughs> Frontier <laughs> whatever, whatever, just merged whatever, with Spirit. Whatever discount airline you flew. To By the way, on. Frontier just merged <laughs> with Spirit. Air. That'll be the number fifth <laughs> right. largest airline in America. Right. Low budget. I've been on Frontier. They're fine. My sister flew up with her six kids on Frontier last week. Round trip, two hundred and fifty bucks for all six of them. Wait. But that doesn't be what enabled me to expand the Guardian Angels all over America. It was the greatest airline ever. Never arrive on time. Never get you there on time. Southwest. No. The pilot would actually sign you in at the front gate, (laughs) would put the baggage in the underbelly. The pilot was also the steward, the cook, and the baggage. And then would be coming down halfway through the flight. Trump Air. No. No, no, not Trump Air. Uh, people Express, a.k.a. People Distress, 1999 to Norfolk, Virginia, one way. Well, by the way, that's what that's what Frontier was charging two weeks ago to go to Florida. Yeah, like, but they get you on the baggage. Any of the ancillary yeah, 75 things. 75 bucks for a bag. You got to take a reverse mortgage. That's yeah, where they make their money. Ba- you, everybody bring an overhead. Boom, yeah, but you're people, good. People Distress, let me tell you something. You were distressed, <laughs> but you eventually got there. At times, they would hold the plane on the tarmac. 
and say, we're not taking off until 24 more passengers get on board. You'd be waiting there yeah. for hours. Well, we're waiting. We've got to fill the flight. Otherwise, we're not going to make our, <laughs> mum, we're not gonna make our number. It's going to be right. a loss. So let's talk about, what do we call this again? Uh, the big game. Okay, the big game. And the controversy has been about the halftime show. Yes. Oh, not so much. Not so much about the players, but more about the performance. Snoop Dogg. Who, oh, uh, come on. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Snoop Dogg's as old as you now. Give me a break. And Leave him alone. He's he smokes, fantastic. Uh, five blunts a yeah, day. Yeah, and look at him. He looks great. There's Eminem, <laughs> a.k.a. Slum Love Shady. Him. Love him. And Mary J. Blige. Love her. So it's a rapper's delight show. Love Eminem. I, you know, it's my song, uh, The Way I Am, is like my theme song. Oh, really? Yeah. I am whatever you say I am. If if, if I wasn't, then why would you say I am? So you can In the papers, you the can news, ha- every day I am. Identify. Radio won't even play my jam. You're eight mile. <laughs> I could just see. I don't know if I'm eight. Eight mile. <laughs> I'm like five mile. <laughs> so it's not eight mile. All right. So we got right. these four rappers. Yeah. Halftime show. Uh, especially Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg, known for dropping the N-bomb as much as they can. Yeah, yeah. One time, one time only, your hero, Slim Shady, Eminem, dropped an N-bomb in a rap tune in 1993. And if it had been Dr. Dre rescuing him. Well, Doctor uh, Dre produced it. it, right? But right, it, it, he had a rescue. He had a he had to throw himself in front oh, of the Doctor Dre was in the studio saying, "Hey, let's try this." Right, but he said, "Yo, your complexion is not your protection on this. You're a Caucasian persuasion. You're right, a snow right, bro. Right. You can't drop the n bomb. You're not allowed." Will they be rules. dropping the n bomb during the halftime show? See, there's a bet on this. There's like a, of course, there's, there's a bet like on a, everything. There's like a side bet. FanDuel has, you, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was hearing somebody. Talk, I was hearing Howard Stern talk about it on exactly. his radio show. Um, I don't think so. I I believe so. There's no way that you're Snoop and Dr. Dre. You're in that Chevy Impala, you know, with the hydraulics in yeah. Long Beach. You're cripping because you're crips. There ain't no way. He's gonna be singing gin and juice, right? You got to gin and juice. And what about yo, uh, Snoop Doggy Dog? The that's one, right. you know. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, they're going to be doing that. But I don't know. I mean, he's going to clean it up, I think, for the halftime show. Oh, please. The man never cleans it up. I think he's going to clean it up. There's no way. The guy is like a commercial. Like, he's like on every commercial. He He's a spokesman for like a million different things. The guy did a drive-by shooting and got away with it. Oh, he killed on. somebody in a bar. I think he said that. He know. went on a criminal. Uh, there was a criminal prosecution. And talk about jury. Was he like 14 at the time? Excuse me. He was an adult. Uh, there was uh, jury nullification. All right. They all said, oh, it's Snoop. Uh, <laughs> of course he had to shoot and kill somebody to get that street cred, to keep it real. <laughs> and by the way, he just bought Def Jam Records, which if you remember, Suge Knight. Yeah. Talk about a guy, a monster. Suge Knight. Suge created. Knight. And help make all these careers. But he also gets charged with a sexual assault crime civilly. Some woman out there says. Well, that's just, look, this is a woman who is a fan, right? We don't know. I don't want to, like, I, look, I don't want to, like, cast judgment on it at all. Oh, so he got cuomo Maybe. I don't know. These guys get sued all the time. All right, Big so we stars, can put you on you record. You know, you're a star. You all get right. sued all the time. Uh, that's true. I do get right. sued a lot. I mean, you know, look, I hope. It's not true. I tell but him, if get it is online. true, I hope he gets punished. Get online. It's like in the big I, I hope it's not true because I like Snoop. But if it is true, uh, you know. Oh, do you like that show Screw where him. he's with Martha Stewart and they're doing Puff Puff Pass? I think it's hilarious. Puff Puff Pass, I think Martha. it's hilarious. I figured you do. I think he's a hilarious guy. You I, are you are clearly Chris Hanna degenerate if you like I, Snoop Dogg, look, Dr. Man, Dre, I, Eminem, and Harry J. Bosch. How not like Dr. Dre? He made a billion dollars selling headphones. Yeah, well... 
We're all wearing them now. <laughs> so it's who, it's, who first began the whole episodic nature of rap? F the police. NWA, and we yeah, can't even say we can't even say what N means, but right. they can. They well, can. It's NWA. Joe Rogan, he won't dare go he there did. anymore. Not anymore. Last month he did, but not anymore. Won't even go there <laughs> right. anymore. Right, right. But look, that was a great group, and 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 it was a different era. Let me tell you a story. And they were look. Let me I tell you a story. Eze, remember who was the real brains about the finances? Yep. He goes to a Bush Forty One fundraiser. He didn't, you know, he didn't all of a sudden put the suit and tie on. He's still easy with the jerry curls, yep. you know, and the relaxer is like dripping right onto his shoulder because it's a hot day in L.A. Air condition wasn't working. So naturally, all the country club Republicans say, is that guy, is he working back there? What is he doing sitting here? The biggest rap star in the world. He bought a table. <laughs> right. He bought a table. What do we do? What do we tell him? Should he go back there in the kitchen? His check did not bounce. They didn't believe. That oh, of could, course his check didn't bounce. He, he bought a certified check because he knew in his mind, these white boys are going to think right, that I'm not right, ready right. for prime time. Right. As soon as they saw the check bounce, homeboys, yeah. <laughs> we love them. you, they all, Once they realized that it was a celebrity, they all wanted to take pictures with them, <laughs> right? This is the thing about Republicans. They hate celebrities until one of them shows up for them. Then, oh, my God. Now, speaking Kevin of Sorbo, please. Speaking of celebrities, I understand. Scott Bayo. Based on your vast, voluminous uh, life of going like here, there, and everywhere, yeah, that yeah. at one point you crossed the border I did. before nine eleven. When all you had to do is tell before long the, before nine eleven, the RCMP Dudley Do Right and his steed that you were making a beer run for Labatt's or Molson's. <laughs> right, right. They pay. They wave you right in. Yeah, yeah. No checkpoint, Charlie. And you were on your way to T.O. to do what, Toronto? I went to Toronto when I was 18 to go see Paul McCartney at the Sky Dome in Toronto. What? Yeah, yeah. I got tickets. I was living in Buffalo at the time. I was a freshman at Buffalo State College. I, only went my, I spent four years at Albany, but one year at Buff State. And I hated being in Buffalo. But the one thing, it was close to Toronto. So I'm like, you know what? Let's scoot up to Toronto, go see Paul McCartney at the Sky Dome. Sky Dome had only opened for like two years. So I'm like, let's get there early. We'll tailgate. It's December in Toronto. It's like four degrees outside, if that. We get up there. We park our car in a garage like you hear in New York City. And then we go to like a Pizzeria Uno or something for lunch. And then it's like we've got four and a half hours before the show. We're freezing. We're on the street. I go, let's go see if we can get in early. While we walk up to the, to the Sky Dome, I pull on the door. It opens. I walk in with my girlfriend. Paul McCartney's on the stage. He's doing his sound tech check. And, you know, I was very confident back then. Think about how confident I am now looking the way I look. But back then I was good looking, right? I had hair. I was, you know, a football player. I was fit. I, uh, I, uh, so I, Paul McCartney stops his song and I yell out, we love you, Paul! You groupie. Yeah. Anyway, the security guards come running towards me and my girlfriend. And in New York, what would have happened, Curtis? Oh, they'd have bum-rushed you. You'd have been sucking concrete. Yeah. That would have been like in uh, Madison Square Garden. Right. That would have been the end of my Paul McCartney experience. I'd be going home, you know, with a no broken teeth. arm. No, no teeth. teeth. Yeah, it looked like you. Right? It would be bad. <laughs> It'd be really bad. So, so, but in Canada, they're like, what you doing here, eh? What are you doing in here? And I say to him, I go, look, I'm here in Toronto. I'm freezing my butt off. I, I walked in. The door was open. They're like, okay, okay, uh, you could stay here. Just just don't make any more noise while wow. Paul's warming up. I swear to God. Wow. The security guard stood there with me and my girlfriend for like three hours. The show now starts, or is about to start. He goes, where are you sitting, eh? 
And we had seats in the nosebleeds, right? I was 18 years old. And what did I got? I had eight nosebleed seats that I bought for probably $20. And he's like, I could do better than that. He brings us down really close to the stage. We got a great view of, of Paul McCartney. It was amazing. Pleasing, pleasant, The and first polite. of nine times I've seen that Paul McCartney. That would never have happened in America. No. Never no. have no, happened in America. No, we would have been beaten up, thrown out or, to the street. Or you would have had to pull off a Philly roll, the $100 that you had on top of all your single all bills, ones, yeah. and grease the guy. Uh, in 1989, if I had thirty dollars on me, it would have been like the most money I ever had on in my God. life. See, I thought thinking football is a theme, and I followed American and Canadian yep, yep. football, Toronto Argonauts, Montreal Alouettes, and my favorite team, which I'm surprised you didn't hit that uh, city on the way up, Hamilton, the Tiger Cats, which Hamilton. is like steel mills. It's not everywhere. on the way up; it's past Toronto. Hamilton's past Toronto. No, it's somewhere not. different from Toronto. No, it's not. It's, you don't pass Hamilton to get to Toronto from Buffalo. Oh, it's a great city. It's right. like in the 50s. It's like Pittsburgh used to be with active steel mills. Yeah, it's like lost. <laughs> it's like lost Now, speaking time. of lost, yeah. you took the bridge over from Buffalo, right? I took the, I think, the Rainbow or the Peace Bridge. Right, or the Friendship, the Friendship Bridge. bridge right, yeah. Friendship Bridge. Yeah. Backed up now. Convoy hell. All the bridges. Uh, you go to Detroit. I'm familiar with going the Windsor yeah, route. Wouldn't it be easier for these guys just to get the shot than sit in their trucks for, for weeks on end, not well, making any gotta money? we got to talk about that up next because Let's apparently it. it's convoy hell coming to the United States. Well, we've got bigger tow trucks here in the United States of America, and we're really not afraid to use it. Curtis Lewa, Chris Hahn, we'll be back. Christopher Hahn, heavyweight slugfest. All right, hope you ordered your pizza for the big game. Chris Hahn, Curtis Sliwa, pre-gaming with you. Oh, wait a oh. second. I hear a little Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Dr. Dre. Yeah. G-Man, right? G-Man. They got this right, man. They got this right. It's going to get Crippin'. you. Crippin'. Crippin'. Mel, tell me you don't like this. I mean, you might not like him, but how do you not like this? <laughs> and like that. And like this. And like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think the guy's... Well, let me tell you what I did like. Uh, for a few years, I had an opportunity to go to the big games. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I would be a speaker at a gathering for News America Marketing, which was the coupon division that Murdoch owned. And I Got knew uh, the guy in charge, Johnny Legit. So he'd bring me down. I'd talk and get a, a ride The down. guy's name was Johnny Legit. Johnny Legit. Something very illegitimate about That's that name. a great hand. <laughs> Sounds like somebody who's going to screw you. So, <laughs> worst Super Bowl we went to, Detroit. The absolute worst. Most of the people going there were in Windsor. They right. went across the tunnel, through the tunnel to Windsor, strip clubs, massage parlors, casinos. I mean, it's like, yeah, leave yeah. it to Beaverland, Father Knows Best. Detroit, oh my God, they had the Mugger Mover, which is this monorail <laughs> that had been built by the former mayor there. It's like the Simpsons monorail. Monorail! And the only thing they had were casinos and Greek Town. So we right. go to a casino. Because I was with a group of degenerate gamblers. And who's sitting there in the corner? Usher, who was one of the halftime performers at the time. Yeah. The guy looked incredibly depressed. So one of the guys walked up. Is everything okay, Usher? Maybe food poisoning. He goes, yeah, i got to be here in Detroit for another 48 hours. <laughs> Wouldn't you be depressed, he says. And we're looking at him. If Usher is depressed... No matter, everybody else. I only went to one. I guess you could say one and a half. I went to the one here in New York. I didn't go to the game, but I was working at Fox at the time and did a lot of stuff around it. But I went to one. I went to the Indianapolis uh, Super Bowl where the Giants where the Giants beat New England. Yes. Uh, Eli, great game. Second time they Second beat him. Second time they beat him. And 
I remember it being like a maze to get into the building. That's why, like, all oh, these truckers are going to block the Super Bowl. I don't know. I mean, I was in Indianapolis, which is kind of a small city, and they had that thing locked down. You know, like there was nothing going to happen to that game that was going to prevent that from happening. I would imagine L.A. with a police force comparable to, you know, every city in the world other than New York, frankly. Uh, I think they have it locked down over there in L.A. But- oh, a city as large in landmass as L.A. is Houston, which has hosted a Super Bowl. I've yep. been there. Uh, and Jacksonville, which is actually larger in landmass in northern Florida. So we go to Jacksonville for the Super Bowl. Everybody had to stay on these old ocean liners. Because yeah, there's no hotels in Jacksonville because nobody ever wants to go to Jacksonville. From the 1950s. Like, they, 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 oh, I'm going to go to Jacksonville. I mean, I know you like Florida, but Jacksonville? So <laughs> the owner, the Pakistani owner, Khan, you know, with the big handlebar mustache, yeah, yeah. he got rewarded with a Super Bowl because he built a new stadium right. for the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. None of the turlets work. The worked. nicest thing in Jacksonville is that stadium, yeah. by the way. None of the turlets work. <laughs> right. Now, you can imagine, it's like 60,000 people after the flyover. 80,000. Right, but after the flyover, the B-1 stealth bomber, everybody's heading to the bathroom, right? Female bathroom's not working. Male bathroom's <laughs> not working. And then all of a sudden, the Blue Lagoon coming out of a lot yeah. of the bathroom. Brand new stadium. Unbelievable. The wrath of Khan was upon yeah. us. <laughs> it is. Look, it, look. There was nothing like being at a Super Bowl, especially one where your team is in it and it wins. Like that, to me, one of the greatest days of my life. I had a blast. Um, you know, it's, I, I think it's out of reach to most Americans. They're saying these tickets in LA are going yeah. for like eight grand. No, no, no. There's no the average everyday people, yeah. you can forget about it. But I think if you had it, uh, but it was out of reach for me. Somebody brought me. I, you know, I went with somebody. Yeah, was, corporate. You know, corporate. Yeah, it was a, but. The best place, and it should be, if you ever decide it should be one place, one place only, New Orleans. Mm. It's a party town. You walk around Bourbon and Canal. Yeah. You go from gin mill to gin mill. They even assign cops inside the bars. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you, you look at well, uniform cops are in bars. Yeah. And then you go down towards Jackson Circle. You see the levees. It's just a drop-dead gorgeous city. Yeah. And it's made for You football. like French cities. I think you're, oh, I like that you're architecture. a Francophile, I, I think. I love that architecture. Yeah. But more importantly, they're so used to putting on these huge Events. football extravaganzas, yeah. NCAA, all the SEC teams. Play part, I have not yet been to New Orleans. One of the things that screwed me up in 2020, I was supposed to give a speech down there. And then COVID. You have got. I, yeah. To go to New Orleans. Whatever happens in New Orleans stays in New Orleans. Well, I'm going to give it a try. All right. We're going to get the flip-flop of the week or the about face. Of, well, I don't know what we're calling it. When we come back on the other side, you are listening to Chris Hahn and Curtis Lee with the left versus the right. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. Christopher Hahn. It's the left versus the right. Right, left, right, left, right, left. About face. Ah. Ah. Yours truly, Curtis Sliwa here on the right. Chris Hahn on the left. Yes, Hours sir. before, what do we call this again? I don't um, want to get us in trouble. The big game. The big game. Yeah. All right, uh, Chris Hahn, you commonly see as a contributor on the Fox News Channel, right. morning, noon, and night. 
If they need somebody to attack, somebody to beat up. If they want to have somebody who destroys their narrative to keep you watching so they got to rebuild it all day, then they call me. And yours truly, <laughs> Curtis Lewa, founder, leader of the Guardian Angels. We just had our 43rd anniversary today in Uptown Manhattan. Uh, we're a worldwide organization, but I'm best known recently for having been the loser candidate to Eric Adams mm. uh, for the mayor run. Yeah, you know what? Just put it behind you. It's fine. I can't put it behind me. Just put it behind I you. I guess remind it everywhere because he, he hasn't done a very good job out of the box. But, oh, give him a break. But, but You shouldn't people, be commenting on him. Oh, I comment on people morning. <laughs> no, I'm a talk show host. A You're talk a pundit. Radio show host. You're a pundit, exactly, damn it. a pundit. <laughs> but now before we talk about the flip-flop of the week or what do we call it? I think we're calling it the about face of yeah, the week. About face. I got to tell you. We got to get a new name for what it. What I used to do before 9-11 occurred, the attack of America. Yep. I would go to these Super Bowls because I'd be a guest. I would give a speech yep. uh, at a marketing convention to all the customers because this is the way your best customers you yep. bring to the Super Bowl for News America Marketing. And I would take a commercial flight there. But I had to get back because I was doing morning drive in New York City. And I didn't want to leave it in the hands of Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a comic. Now, when we're doing morning lo- drive, you'll leave it to me. Because, you, know, you know, you could call in. No, no. Ron would destroy all <laughs> the advertisers. I'm not going to destroy you it. Know, he hates capitalism. Yeah, he no, would I destroy love, it. I, you know, I'm a liberal, but I'm a capitalist exactly, liberal. Exactly. <laughs> I so, like money. In order to get back on time, and particularly when most of the Super Bowls were either in the Midwest or the East Coast, right. you could get back in time. I would go to the nearby private airport where the Lear jets were lined up. I mean, as far as the eye can see. Right. All the big whales from around the world yep. wanted to come in. So I would check in. I would go through it. Hey, Curtis, what are you doing here? I'm going to hitch a ride back to New York City. Hitch a ride? Well, well there are no vehicles here. And that's right. I'm one of these Lear jets. Yeah. I go out on the tarmac and I put my thumb out as if I was hitchhiking. And all of a sudden, there'd be people stopping, and they'd say, oh, you need a right. You didn't have to sign, uh, right. be signed in. And they would take you to Teterboro Airport, uh, out in uh, uh, Long Island Republic Airport. And then there was the, uh, the uh, big game in Miami, mm-hmm. and it pitted the Chicago Bears versus uh, Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. Peyton. That's right. Kickoff, Chicago Bears returning for a touchdown. Wow, looks like the Bears may actually right. upset Peyton. The he Bears. Buried, buried him the rest yep. of the way. In front of me, just a few feet in front of me, are sitting Demi Moore, uh, Bruce Willis, who she no longer was married to. Right. Their two daughters, and a guy who could have been her son, Ashton Kutcher. Right. I mean, he was number one, you know, uh, sitcom at that time. He's wearing a throwback Bears jersey because he was from Iowa. Nobody saw what was on his back, the name. So Demi Moore's doing bear 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 runs. Bear beer runs. That's right, bear beer runs. And they're all half in the back. So Kuchner gets up to receive the beer, and he's got his name on the throwback jersey. The bear fans start booing, booing him because, man, you talk about pretentious and omnipotent. So during the halftime show, immediately Demi Moore, like a mother, takes Ashton. They go to one of the shops. Yep. <laughs> he comes back with a throwback Chicago Bears jersey, Gail Sayers, and all the Bear fans give him a standing ovation. Nice. They offered me a ride back. I saw him in the. You should have did it. The, are you kidding? They were all half in the bag. So what? Maybe you're gonna. Maybe you're, I didn't maybe know hang what with, the hell. Maybe you hang out with uh... what the hell? Imagine three's a company and four's a crowd. I don't know, man. That's some company over there. But hey, look, it's it's the about face of the week. It's it's sports related. As you know, I'm a sports guy, a sports nut. I've been watching a lot of the Olympics, frankly. I, look, I, I'm hooked. 
I watch it. I like competition. I'll watch anything. I've been watching Snowboard Cross, which is this event that started about 20 years ago. Isn't that like the X Games? The X Games has it. It's a. It's basically a snowboard race where four people race at the same time down the hill over over jumps and moguls and other things. But I was, you know, my about face of the week is two people this week: Lindsay Jacob Ellis and Nick Baumgartner. Now, Lindsay Jacob Ellis has been one of the best female snowboarders in the world for the past ten years. This was her fourth Olympics. People might remember her first Olympics at Torino, I guess, sixteen years ago. She was about to win gold and she fell right at the line, wound up pit. Uh, finishing second, getting silver. She won gold this week. Good for her. Good on her. About face. Now, Nick is 40 years old. He is the oldest person competing at this Olympics. He lost his event. He came in fourth in snow in men's snowboard cross. How old is he? 40 years old. So Significantly see, older it. than your wife. Yeah, basically. You would be divorcing him right now if he was married <laughs> to you. So, the poor guy. But that's, a, that's a young man, young woman sport. Yeah, absolutely. But this is a guy, one of the best in the world, uh, one of the top Five in the in the world at the sport, even at the age of forty, came in fourth place in his event. He's on camera. He's devastated. I'm forty years old. I don't think I could be back here four years ago. I'm running out of chances. He gets picked to be in the mixed double snowboard cross with Lindsey Jacobellis. They win gold. He has the race of his life. He wins his race in the finals, uh, and then she wins her race. And it was beautiful to watch Nick. Uh, and, and the and the uh, Italian snowboarder who they were watching the Italian woman racing with Lindsay coming down the mountain. They were really it was just a race between the two of them. The other two had fallen uh, in the race, and you could see them just kind of hugging each other and like really enjoying the race. And then when it was over, the Italian snowboarder just turned to Nick, gave him a big hug, said congratulations. It was a great moment. Look, I think all competition should be like that. I think when you lose, you shake the hand of your opponent, you wish them well. You congratulate them. I think politics should be like that too. Yeah, when you better you better tell LeBron James that. There've been times. Remember, he wouldn't he wouldn't walk. I, you know, that's to the not Senate court. I, I think I think you got to be a good loser and a good. I, look, that's why I want my daughter playing sports. I want her to learn. Sometimes you're going to fail, mm. right? You know, you know, upper middle class white girl from Long Island isn't going to have a lot of failure early in her life. Right, but but see, sports gives you that. The baby boomer generation, unlike, what is that, Generation I'm Z? I'm Gen or, X. I'm right. a Gen Xer. My daughter's a Gen Z. Okay. Other than Gen Z. But the baby boomer generation, uh, everybody got a trophy. Everybody well, got really a participatory got right, yeah. trophy. Yeah. I noticed the newer generation is sort of weaned off on that. Well, you know, everybody got a trophy when you were a Gen Xer, but you didn't want that participation trophy. Like, I didn't want that little baseball trophy. I wanted the big baseball trophy. And they you wanted the keep, win. They didn't keep scores. No, they always kept score when I was a kid. I, yeah, but they, they were, I, I've never played anything where they didn't you, keep score. You talk about extreme sports. There were some no, of those leagues. Look, they when, didn't you're, keep when you are four years old, now I coached my daughter until she was nine, and then she was too good for me to coach. But when they're four years old, you don't keep score. The score would be like 90 to 90. They're like running up and down the All field. Right, but that's uh, soccer. And I, I don't think, and I, I didn't play that fake, phony, fraudulent football. They spell with a U. <laughs> score, goal, goal. No, no, no. That's, I love smash mouth American football. But you can love both. It's okay. Fear factor. You talk about snowboarding. Fear factor. You mean Joe Rogan's old show? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fear factor. Uh, snowboarding. They've had the body cam on. And those participants have to be frightened out of their mind. Yeah. I well, mean, I don't know how well, they, they get over that fear. Like, think about this. The kid who won the gold medal, it was a Japanese guy. He was like 19 years old. He went 22 feet 
above the half pipe. The half pipe is 20 feet above, you know, the, the, the wall of the half yes. pipe goes up 20 feet, and then it's, it's 20 feet to the bottom. So this kid is 42 feet in the air doing this trick, flipping around. I mean, it's insanity. I mean, the bravery it must take to do something like that. Now, that's the... Uh, ex- Sign him up for the Guardian Angel. That's exports. He's already got a red hat. But going back to right. the tradition of the wide world of sports, yes. the thrill of victory, the, the, the agony, agony of, of defeat. defeat. I think yes. that was Kurt Gowdy, right? I thought it was the, 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 that guy. Chris uh, Schinkel? No, who's the guy that did the Olympics? The same guy. I thought it was Kurt Gowdy. But anyway. Yeah, whatever. And they would always show... The, the folks who were flying through the air as ski jumpers. Well, they showed that as the agony of defeat, the guy right. missing the jump. Uh, and they were usually from Norway. They were usually right. the squareheads. Yeah. And they would go off this ramp, <laughs> and you would say, oh, my God. Yeah. And they got to land. Yeah. And now this week, they went through the preliminaries. They went through the semifinals. And then they removed Five participants. These are men and women who dedicated their life because there's no money in this. Yeah, sport. no, there's no money in sea jumping. They disqualified them Maybe because of their, their uniform. Too big. Well, well they're, going, act- they're going all this. We're not talking about doping up. Yeah. We're not talking about blood. But it is performance enhancing, right? If you have a loose uniform in snow jumping, you're going to. Why wouldn't you just tell them at the start, hey, go well, back, they, they should have, They should have checked that out to start, right? Yeah, yeah because they got to go all the way up there. <laughs> you got a lot of time. In order to fly and come all the way down. Yeah. By the way, those ski jumpers, you think they're going higher than the snowboarders. They're not. They're really never more than like 15 feet off the ground. I know. It's crazy. But they're gliding. They're head right. gliding. They're hanging. And they're if hang they time. make the wrong move, they're going to crash. Yeah, well, if they make the wrong move, they might miss where the, when it starts leveling out, there was a guy a couple of years ago. He was so good at this sport, he was missing. Uh, he was he was jumping past the hill. What they would say, and he would be falling down now at twenty five feet and still making his uh, his landing it was fantastic. So, what turned you into an aficionado about winter sports? Most Americans are not well, into I do, the winter I do, Olympic games. I, I became a skier when I went to college. When I went to Albany, because Albany was with like within you know a half an hour of great skiing, and then maybe like two hours from really great skiing in, in Vermont. So I did a lot of skiing in Albany and got a lot of friends into it. And quite frankly, it's it's not just snowboarding and skiing that I like to watch. I just like watching competition. That's why I like watching Chopped. I like watching people who are good at what they do All right, but trying to, to, to Being to, somebody who skied many times, right? Yep. Now that there's global warming and climate change, it's not like it was when I was growing up where they had the natural pack. You know, you go, you see the Swiss Alps, you yeah, see yeah. Jean Kelly of France, right? You know, doing the it, slob. It, it was 60. You weren't, the, the flip-flop of the week should have been the weather here in New York. It was 60 degrees yesterday. It snowed today. Right, but <laughs> in Red China, where these Winter Olympic Games are taking yes. place, they've been making artificial snow. Right, so everybody from the Northeast in New York should be very happy with it because that's all we ski on here. And. and can you define a difference between real I, snow and artificial snow? I mean, snow? again, I grew up skiing in the Northeast, and it was almost always man-made snow. I don't really know the difference from it. I mean, it's harder. I guess it, it gets icier quicker, right? But, it, you know, I, I go to Brody Mountain. You know, Brody Mountain doesn't even exist anymore up in the in the Berkshires in, in Massachusetts. It was always a sheet of ice. We go night skiing at Brody Mountain. When we drive from Albany after class, we go to Brody. It was $10 to ski at night there. It was a sheet of ice. So we learned how to ski on ice. You strike me as somebody who liked to play hockey, too. I did like to play hockey. All right. Hockey and no doubt field hockey and lacrosse. I didn't play field hockey. I played deck hockey. All right. I didn't play lacrosse either. Okay. All right. So ice hockey. 
we crushed the red Chinese team. Yes, we crushed the Canadians. This were you were you as euphoric as U.S. versus Soviet Union no, late last no, year? I don't think which it was, was in my time. I don't think it was as big of a deal. I mean, this is the first year China had a team. All right, we got more to come. Pre-game with Chris Hahn and Curtis Sliwa. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. Christopher Hahn. All right, Chris Hahn, Curtis Lewa back with you pre-gaming. By the way, as I was mentioning Brody Mountain, a friend of mine who I skied many times at Brody Mountain, was flipping through. I'm going to give a big shout-out to Brian, my buddy, my former roommate. We ski over there at Brody Mountain in Massachusetts now, now, back in the day. where did you spend most of your time? In the lodge trying to hook up or out on the ski slopes trying to hook up? Uh, both. All I did until I got married, everything I did, every decision I made was to try to hook up. Period. Now, did you, you do what the Kennedys did when they were half in the bag and they'd be skiing and start throwing that football around? No, from- I, 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 I was not the greatest skier when I was young. I'm better now. I'm much better now. And the equipment's a lot easier to ski on now. But I, I started skiing late. Like, I'd go skiing with my friends, and they'd been skiing their whole life. I didn't ski till I was a sophomore in college, junior now, in college. I would have thought uh, the fear factor on this one would be you wrap yourself around a tree and you break your neck or you break your leg. So many broken yeah. legs from yeah. skiing. The first time I skied, I didn't have a lesson. I went to the top of not a big hill, but like a medium-sized hill. And my guy's like, just ski parallel to the mountain. I had no idea what he meant by that. And, I was, and I'm like flying down the mountain, like, get out of my way, get out of my way. I just like hit it. Just like, it was like Charlie Brown when the baseball hit him. It was so like you never broke equipment leg. everywhere. Never broke a leg. Knock wood, thank God, no. You see, I go back to the 60s. I got you by what, 20 years? Yeah, something like that. So Close. I, I remember my uh, cousin, she was a nurse, and she loved to ski. This is in the early 60s. Yep. She broke her leg. That's the fear of skiing was put into all of us. Not just skiing yeah. on a mountain, but water skiing, which was very popular, too, as it is uh, where where you grew yeah, up. Yeah, I, I water skied. Not as a kid. Not, that's another thing. I didn't start till I was in college. But uh, the uh, Long Island Sound. There's no water in Center Reach. You know, Center Reach <laughs> is literally in the, the furthest you could be from well, the water on Long Island. Lake Ronkonkoma. Yeah, Lake Ronkonkoma, where I originally, I, I grew up in Lake Ronkonkoma, but I moved to Center Reach when I was in ninth grade. But when I <laughs> saw my cousin. She had the huge cast on, you know, the hip cast down to the ankle. And then she developed an infection as a result. Horrible. Eight operations later, it's ten years later, she still had that cast on. Unbelievable. And she had two children in the interim. With the cast on. With the cast on. C-section, I assume. I have no idea. (laughs) All I know is I'm a pretty tough guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every time people would say to me, hey, you want to go, uh, you want to go snow skiing? You never went skiing? Never. You want to go, oh, you want to go uh, skiing out nah, there on Jamaica Bay? It, it's it's fine. I'd you'll figure say, it out. I'll take, I'll you take know, some wolf know, tickets it, it, on it that. It just takes, you got to have a day where you're going to just take a lesson. You're going to just have to learn how to do it. You know, I mean, and once I took lessons and I, you know, learned how to do it, I still, I'm a pretty good skier now. I still will take a lesson when I go back. I'll take an advanced lesson just to learn more about it. It's just, it's skiing is a very technical sport. And you got to really, you know, right, know but now doing. you got pro style and you got JV and yep. you got amateur hour. How do they avoid crossing into one another? I got to assume the people who are very proficient are annoyed. Stay on the diamonds, man. Just stay. It's like it's it's funny because the diamonds are harder to ski, and people who don't know how to ski won't go on them. But they're not that hard. Double diamonds are really hard. 
But you stay on a black diamond trail, you're going to be fine. That's what I say. Blue, blue squares, black diamonds, you're good. Yeah, it's being uh, being a a guy. But you, you know, not the first time, right? But a guy <laughs> going skiing is that sort of like the equivalent of a beach bum who goes surfing? Yeah, it's a ski bum. I wanted to be a ski bum. I literally like wanted to just hang out there and you know live there and pick up. By the way, you know another thing. This is how into the Olympics I am. So this guy Cochran uh, won the silver medal. Uh, Cochran Siegel. He won the silver medal in the men's downhill. A U.S. guy from Vermont. Right. His mom won in 1972, won the gold medal in, in slalom. Uh, and they have a little ski area up in Vermont called Cochrane Ski Area. But they make syrup, maple syrup called Slopeside Ski oh Syrup. My I ordered God. it. I bought it. I, I added it on my pancakes this morning. No have, you ever, have you ever <laughs> seen people who actually run the maple trees where the sap drips? Yeah. And apparently it only comes out ever so slowly yeah. a few hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And they just sit. Well, they, they don't. Watch they it. have a whole system now. They have no life up there. They have no. They have a system, and and the syrup was pretty freaking good, man. And it wasn't expensive. I really did. You put it. it on your Ben and Jerry's. I put it on my. No, that's next. I, I opened it up this morning, and I I had it on some pancakes. Oh, up next is this the comeback this week? She gives the speech, Hillary, oh. that may be putting her on track. I know you've been waiting to take out Biden, to take out Harris, and say once again. I want Trump. We will find out. We'll be right back. It's the left versus the right. Debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Chris Hahn, Curtis Lewa. Ah, this is your music. This is like the 70s, right? Rocking the Casbah. Rocking the Casbah. Not my no, cup of not tea. Not your cup I'm of tea. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. Not celestial seasoning, not Lipton, not Tetley. So when you were down in Florida with your Gumbada Cheech, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, did he tell you if he was going to actually testify, or is he just stringing these people along? As a, as that, that's what I think. I no, nah, you know, uh, he was confident. Obviously, he was dealing with a lot of things uh, going yeah. on, uh, giving advice to his son Andrew, who's trying to become governor, running for governor of New York from uh, from his home base in Florida. Okay, uh, no, he's just down there uh, to uh, take <laughs> care of son. his wife, and he's got a brand new baby. So, she's oh, so his down wife there. and his baby live in Florida, and he wants to with, run for governor with the of New Giuliani's, York. Yeah, just going to make sure that uh, Lee Zeldin, if you're listening. <laughs> well, you know, there's a tape out there. Too bad uh, I didn't have it. Lee Zeldin yeah. endorsing Andrew Evilize Cuomo for president, suggesting at a press conference that Andrew Cuomo would make a great president and he should he should really become president of the United States. Yeah, yeah. Why I, I, I'd like to see the context of that. Yeah, why don't you thank Curtis Sliwa for that, huh? <laughs> I want to huh? I want to see the context of that. So huh? you, I have a feeling you're taking that out. You of know context. what you you know what you call that negative research, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. I, I Good found job. It. I found right. it. He's well on his way. <laughs> but but anyway, so I'm not far from Mar-a-Lago where I'm. I don't go. You right. know, because it's like ammonia and bleach with me and uh, former President Donald right. Trump. We've had a love-hate relationship for like 30 years. But I could see Mar-a-Lago from, you know, just passing, going to and from where I was staying. Right. And he was huge in the Palm Beach Post and every newspaper, Flushgate. Yeah. Could you explain what Flushgate supposedly consisted of? So- because the former president just said fake news, fake news, fake so news. So it's kind of funny because when Donald Trump became president, he started complaining about the toilets at the White House. I don't know if you remember yes, that he did. early on. He said it was, about like, it. it was falling down, right, falling right, apart. Right. So it turns out he was doing a document dump in those toilets, right? He was taking his toilet, he was taking his sensitive White House documents, which are protected by the Presidential Records Act, 
which he is not allowed to destroy, and he was flushing them down the toilet. That's what Maggie Haberman of the New York Post has reported in her book. All right, now, let me do a little trivia. I do it not, Sorry, once. New York Times. I didn't want to. You know. Right, but once every uh, two hours when yeah. we were joined at the hip, I always throw some trivia at you. Yes, you're good at trivia. Who was the infamous American, Iran-Contra, whose uh, secretary was helping him shred documents? Ali North. And she turned out to be a crackhead, remember? Well, she was beaming herself up to Scotty in the class. Make, that's what they made her out to be. But All right. Who knows? But he shredded documents. Why would Trump flush Donna documents? Rice or something like that? No, no, not Donna Rice. That was, uh, um, remember, a senator from Colorado. Hard. What was the what was the woman's name? That was the secretary. She became famous for a little while. It was Ollie North's secretary. I don't know. For being a crackhead. No, they, they turned her into a crackhead. That was their way of saying, she beat see, herself you up can't, Scott. See, you can't fact, trust her. If Biden has his way when she gets her package right. uh, of drug paraphernalia, she'll get free crack pipes if she's still on the pipe. Uh, that's not happening either. That's not what they're trying to do. Back on the Trump yes, side. Yes, So you really believe that he'd be stuffing the turlet yeah. with documents instead of shredding them? So this is how it works in Trump land, right? First they deny it. Then they say it wasn't so bad that he did do it. So what if he did it? Right. That's how it works. Right? It always starts with the denial. Then it's like, oh, who cares if he did it? Who cares? He could do whatever he wants. And then he'll admit that he did it. And everybody does it. And what's wrong with me doing it? That's what happens. So we will learn probably in about three weeks that, yes, of course, he, he ripped things up and flushed them down the toilet. He'll tell us that. And all these other every presidents. time there's been like this outrageous thing about what he's done in the White House reported by The New York Times. It always turns out the same things. They deny it. Then they say, oh. Who cares if he actually did it? And then he admits to doing it. So what are the ramifications uh, if he did it? Well, actually, the Presidential Records Act is very clear. And this is law. This is real law. Uh, if you actively destroy uh, materials, it's a felony. And you are barred from running for public office in the United States of America. So, again, do you have to save Federal everything, office. including your belly button? Yeah. Length? It's, it's the Presidential Whose Records Act. Whose job is it to retrieve it right off there the table? There are retrievers in the White House, people who are <laughs> part of the National Archives that take all this stuff. And all right. So you there would... are people, there are stories of how they had to tape things back together because he rips things up. Now, I don't know if he instinctively does it. Some people rip documents no, up. No, I think that's instinctual. Right? But, but, you know, but there are stories of people having to tape documents back together because that's part of the Presidential Records Act. Okay, but record. how did he end up with all these documents? Because you say there's like an independent wing of government. Uh, that deals with records that pick everything up and immediately well, maybe he brought bring... some stuff upstairs to the residence or maybe he was uh, taking a document into no, the he, bathroom. He was too busy tweeting. I mean, it, <laughs> ripping up documents and flushing them in the yeah. toilet or tweeting away. Tweeting so and watching you, TV. So you believe this story? Yes. Wouldn't you wait for some documentary evidence? Well, as... there are other reporters besides Maggie Haberman who have confirmed that this actually happened. So and this where, is this where, is a where well where were they document. There other reporters who were they the from House. the fake they news. They have other sources within the White House. It's been confirmed. was it from the um, Wall Street Journal? Was it from there, the New one York of them? Post? I believe was it was. from Fox actually, News. One of them actually was from the Wall Street. Was Journal. it from Newsmax? Was it from OAN? Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that one of the reporters from the Wall Street Journal um, actually did confirm. Okay, second part of that <laughs> so, when I was down there was talking about some of the phone calls that he made on January 6th yep. and not documented. Yeah. There's no record of it. There's a big hole in his documentation of records of phone calls coming in. I wonder why. Is it tw- 22 minutes? Does no, it rival it's, it's a lot Nixon? more than 22 minutes. It's a, it's a couple of hours. And we know that he had phone calls with members of Congress because we have their records. But now remember. And those calls aren't even on his log. People say the biggest mistake that Richard Nixon made during Watergate is that he gave the tapes instead of burning the tapes. 
I'll let them find out about the tapes. Right. Right. But the point is, destroy the tapes. Uh, in this case, you're saying that certain phone calls or a whole slew of phone calls yeah. were deleted. Gone. What are the ramifications for that? I think that shows a consciousness of guilt, if you ask me. And I want to know if he made any phone calls to foreign governments, because if it's a call to, let's say, Russia, uh, one of our adversaries, it rises from sedition to treason. What and about if it's really a bad. call to Macron, an ally, or Boris Johnson? I, I think if it was a call to one of them, we would know about it by now. They would have given that up. Wow, you're giving the former president no slack on this whatsoever. No slack. But meantime, the man, look, like I said, the Italian snowboarder was more presidential when he lost that snowboard cross race than Donald Trump was at any moment in his presidency. The average life of an Italian president in Rome serving his country is about a year and a half before, <laughs> well, the they, average, get sacked. No, they, before they get before they, they get sacked. No, no, you're talking about the prime minister. The president has a term. Yeah, like one year and then they no, sack it's like them. four years. They you, a, you, oh, you love the stability of Italy, right? <laughs> no, but I love Italy. <laughs> it's, it's but now, meantime, yeah. Rudy Giuliani, his go-to number one lawyer. He had other lawyers, but clearly he preferred Rudy. In fact, because Rudy would tell him what he wanted. There was a big article in the Times. I brought it to Rudy's attention. He was unaware. Gave Rudy props. Yeah, they, they actually gave him credit. Right. When Lieutenant General Flynn and the rest of them were saying. Trent Flynn is a traitor. Use the military. Yep. Seize all the documentation. Yep. Whether it's the paper ballots, whether it's the scanning machines. Yep. Uh, use the military to do that. Uh, Trump said, you got to talk to Rudy. And Rudy said, we'll all go to jail if you do that. Exactly. And, yeah. Rudy, and then when Worse, they came they back to Trump. They firing squad. Right. Frankly. When they came back to Trump, Trump yeah. said. Rudy said, we can't do it. We right. ain't doing it. They didn't do it. So you're not going to give props to Rudy for that? Yeah, hey, broken clocks, right? Twice a My day, God. man. <laughs> yeah, I give him props for that. You mean he didn't want to use the military to overthrow the election? He just wanted to try to lie about it? Okay. Rudy Giuliani is one of the biggest liars in this country. Rudy Giuliani is as responsible for people storming the Capitol as anybody else. He was going around this country lying about the election. He knows he's lying, right? I have met him. I don't know him as well as you do. I've been around him. Obviously, I have that very famous debate with him, okay? And I never hated him. I never hated Rudy Giuliani. I didn't even hate him in that. I don't hate him now. But Rudy Giuliani spent a lot of time lying to people who didn't know any better, and they believed him because he was Rudy Giuliani. problem with you is you think of him only with Trump, Dominion, Smartmatic. No, I, I think of him as mayor of New York City. I was here, man. Did a great job. I was working for Chuck Schumer. I was here on 9-11. I remember his greatness. That makes me sad. I said that to his face in that interview and with Lauren. And before that, taking out the five heads of Italian organized crime. Which as a member thought, of the U.S. Attorney's Office. Right, yeah, of course. To he be got, impossible. I remember the 60 Minutes profile So him. we have a term in Italian, it says mezza mezza poco poco, like half and half. You you take it half, he, he looked. the new Rudy Giuliani, but you give it You know it what? If Rudy wants Rudy. to redeem himself for all the nonsense he did the last couple of months of the Trump administration, the last couple of years of the Trump administration, including his work in Ukraine for Trump, he needs to go to the January 6th committee and tell him everything. He does that, we'll forgive him and right, move on. But appear, apparently, it appears he will testify. I don't believe it. I do not think that Rudy Giuliani is going to do, uh, based on what is his all-time favorite movie from The Godfather, <laughs> Frankie uh, Five Angels, yeah, yeah. Uh, take the Fifth Amendment. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, I, I hope to God that when Rudy's testifying before the committee, 
his cousin doesn't show up and, and sit in the gallery and he's going to turn around and see his cousin there. His first cousin, first wife. Oh, that is so despicable of you. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. And you don't think he's going to flee to the Ukraine. What like they, they call did that? in The Godfather. Kiev. Kiev. It's Kiev yeah. to me. Look, 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 look. It's Adam and Eve, not Putin and Kiev. Okay? <laughs> All right? Now, Let's speaking it of that. Putin, uh, it seems like there's no doubt he's going to invade the Ukraine. From his point of view, you would wait till everybody clears out of Beijing, till the Olympics are over, all the athletes. I, I don't think he wants to upset uh, Xi, do you? I don't think he does. Uh, you mean who's on first, what's on second? I don't know who's on Xi, Xi Jinping. Who was the guy before Xi? <laughs> but the point being is, yeah. he would not invade while the Olympics are still taking I place. Be a, I think that would really piss off and he's going to wait to the final uh, ceremonies and i would say give it 24 48 hours yeah, so all them, the athletes yeah, and let, delegates let everybody go back. home and then do it that's what i think i look i have been going back and forth in my mind about what he's going to do the last week i've had a couple of things happen I've, I, I interviewed somebody who was an expert on this who didn't think he was going to go in i read an article in the new york times today uh that was talking to the finnish president the, fr- the president of finland who is kind of like a go-between between the west and putin and reading that article made me think that, yeah, the guy's got his mind made up and he's going in. Well, you know, the Finns are pretty similar to what the uh, Swiss were like. Yeah. You know, they pretend like they're neutral because they fear the Russian bear, right. which is right there. Right, right. They're right on their doorstep. But he, he has a close relationship but, with Putin. But just think of this. The whole world is now focused on Putin. He doesn't have to have one soldier, one tank go into the Ukraine. He's flexed. People yeah. are afraid of him. Well, the Ukrainians are afraid of him. Uh, he, he takes one step into Ukraine. That pipeline that he's making all of his money on is not going to happen. It's going to get, you, blown. It'll get blown up. You trust the Germans. No, it won't be up to the Germans. You trust the Germans. It won't be up to the Germans. We're going to take it out. Yeah, but the in- Germans are the industrial We power. are going to take out that pipeline. The Germans will have nothing to do with it. And how are we going to take out that pipeline? Um, with, the way we with take out everything else. With President Joe Biden. You really we're gonna, think we're going to blow gonna, that up? We're going to have a drone blow the freaking thing up. Wow. You, you, you're, you, what? Jeez. We're America. That's what we do. We blow things up. Didn't you see <laughs> Team America World Police? Do I need to rent that for you? One of the greatest movies. America, F yeah. The door. Freedom, the door. Isn't, freedom isn't free. It costs a buck oh five. Oh, my God. <laughs> have you ever seen so many meetings prior to an invasion? He's not going in. I, I, I think the cost to him, the mother of all sanctions, the loss of that pipeline. I mean, it's they're really going to take that pipeline out. They're either going to take it out with a cyber attack or they're right, going to take it out with a What do the Germans and the rest of the Europe do, do for natural energy? They need gas. I have to figure it out. That's up to them. They shouldn't have closed their nuclear power plants until they figured <laughs> You're it right. out. You're right. You're right. When, when the Japanese uh, plant, nuclear right. plant, uh, melted down and almost went to the core of the earth. Yeah. They all panicked and freaked. Yeah. Germany had more nuclear power they plants were, than any other country Germany in the world. Germany had one of the cleanest ecosystems at all because of, of nuclear power. But and they, and they, uh, Merkel said no to nuclear energy. You know, I mean, as long as you don't build it on a fault line like they did in Japan, it's usually pretty safe as long as you don't have or, some bum building it. Or the Ukraine. <laughs> well, who could was, ever forget? Well, who did that? Who could that ever was the, forget? That was the Soviet Union doing it on the cheap. Ah, we don't need this safety thing. Right? And they never told us, right? No, no, they never told us. And it happened. was melting down to the core of right, the earth. Right, right, right. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, horrible, horrible. All right, so now, okay. speaking of horrors, 
It's a comeback. But tell, tell your Kumbada Cheech. Just tell the truth and we'll forgive him. Uh, understood. We'll, we'll get we'll him back to his former glory. I have a feeling he's... He co- could be like Darth Vader. He Look, starts out as a Jedi, one becomes thing, evil, and now he goes back to a Jedi. One thing I think we can agree on, he likes to be the center of attention. Yeah, he does. He sits before that committee in which everything is televised. Right. And doesn't take the Fifth Amendment. Doesn't right. try any legalistic trick. And matches Giuliani versus the committee. The whole world will watch. The that. problem is, is that he's not the debater he used to be. You know how Joe Biden lost a step. Uh, Giuliani has lost a step. No, Joe Biden lost a few miles. Yeah, I, Never mind. Giuliani has two. Okay, and, and take it from me, I've debated him personally. All right, but I shouldn't have been anywhere near the guy. There the was going to be a heavyweight match for 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 the history of New York State. Remember, originally it was set out. It would be Hillary Rodham Clinton who had uh, collected the hillbillies and racketeers in Little Rock. Right. Found the love shack in Chapco, the whitest uh, suburb in America in Westchester, where even the lawn jockeys are white, and go on a listening tour to become U.S. Senator, replacing Daniel Patrick (laughs) Moynihan. And then Rudy was going to stand in a way. And he didn't. We'll find out more on the other side. The left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. Christopher Hahn. All right, Curtis. Big week coming up. Big game coming up. Couple more minutes left with you. A little Billy Joel. Yeah, baby. I hate that bugaboo uh, Billy Joel, <laughs> friend of Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, attempting a comeback. Your your friend, Jimmy Dolan, owner of the Knicks, the Rangers, and the Rockets. I hate him, I loathe him, I despise him. And friend of Hillary Rodham Clinton. The great Hillary Rodham Clinton. The uh, story emerging out of New York and has become a national one is that Hillary has emerged from the love shack in Chappaqua, the whitest suburb in America in Westchester, yeah, where yeah. the lawn jockeys are white. She's bought her Starbucks, her latte. She goes through the forest area and channels She's with Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt. She yeah. actually says she talks to Eleanor Roosevelt. And apparently, in the state that defined the Roosevelts, both Teddy, the Republican in Oyster Bay, right. and Franklin, uh, who's, uh, what, Mid-Hudson Valley, uh, along with Eleanor, uh, she has decided to uh, throw the first stone in a national run for president. I don't believe that. She is the keynote speaker at the New York State Democratic Convention right. this week, right. in which she will be introducing Kathy Hochul, I call her Hochul, because she's full of nonsense, who has replaced Andrew Evilice yeah. Cuomo. By the way, she'll... Beat Lee Zeldin or Andrew Giuliani or any other 60-40. To be determined. To be determined. Well, you know. uh, I mean, I've already picked the Bengals uh, <laughs> because uh, Odell Beckham will drop a short touchdown pass, which would uh, allow for victory by the L.A. Rams. And uh, the Natty Boy, Cincinnati, will win 24-21. You I can Beckham's take that mom was an Olympian. In fact, <laughs> with the, the few hours remaining yep. till the big game kickoff. The big game. Take a reverse mortgage. Go to your local bookie. Stop. Bet bet everything. And now in, uh, people listening to us can probably do that in any state they're in. So of don't tell them to app. do that. They no. can do it on that. Yeah, app. it's ridiculous. All right. So you're reading the Clinton-Hillary uh, uh, Rodham tea leaves. What do you see this as? I just see this as the party wants somebody good to be the keynote speaker. A, a, a great woman to you know usher in another woman. 
you know, as governor. I mean, Hillary Clinton is a great woman. Why? She, why she's accomplished you, a lot. In I know, her life. but why would you not consider running, recognizing that your ticket, the Biden Harris ticket, as I have said, is weak. as I have said to you before, the time of the baby boomers has passed. It is time for the Democratic Party to move on to a Gen Xer or a millennial and to put the baby boomers behind us. I love Hillary Clinton. I think Hillary Clinton would have been a great president. I think she would have been a great Supreme Court justice. I think she was a great senator. She was an excellent first lady and a a very talented person. I've worked very closely with her and her staff over the years. But I want to see somebody younger, somebody from my generation, take the White House next time. Could she handle being president of the United States Yes, she could absolutely handle it, without a doubt. She's imminently qualified for it. She can handle it. She'd be great. So I think Democrats, uh, whether they like her or they don't like her, do feel she's qualified to understand what it what what the responsibilities of being the absolutely. president absolutely absolutely okay so knowing that your president Joe Biden may not run for obvious reasons uh, would you rather have Harris than Clinton I don't know who we're gonna have we're gonna figure that out we got a long time to figure that out so I I don't want to jump. To the conclusion of any of it. the person who might become president may not have emerged yet. Look at Barack Obama. He was a great president. He came out of nowhere. Nobody knew. Even Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton had been around for a while, but he really came out of nowhere. He did. To become president of the United the, States. Moderate Democrats. Right. He led the moderate yeah, Democrats. Yeah, and, and I, I, I could see us bringing somebody in out of nowhere. Somebody who will emerge on the national scene. And I'm, I am allowing myself to be open-minded to whoever that person's going to be. So The face of the new Democratic Party, Eric Adams. So far, five weeks into being mayor of the city of New York, the crime is worse now than it right, ever right, was look, look, in the look, eight look, years look, of Bill de Blasio. I, I'm going to give you a pass. I know it hurts every time you have to say the guy's name. Okay, we're going to change topics here. I know you don't like Eric Adams. We've got two minutes left in the show. Uh, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Oh, Valentine's you've got a wife Day. that is far too good-looking and young for you. Uh, I hope you've got something planned other than going on patrol outside of a CVS to beat up, you know, shoplifters. What's the plan? Are you going to wear red? It's just, uh, of course. <laughs> it's Lunar New Year. Right. You wear red for right. the Asians, the Chinese. You wear red for Valentine's Day. You wear red because that's what you do. I wear <laughs> red all the time. It's all you have. And remember, I call it St. Valentine's Day because Roman Catholics believe that there there is a saint called St. Valentine. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you believe in the secular holiday, I believe well, I, in the religious I, I, I holiday. I was Catholic until I was about 12. Let me tell you something. When Al Capone... <laughs> I'm a lapsed Catholic. When Al Capone put up those Chicago mobsters up against the wall in that garage by having his guys dress up as Chicago coppers and just machine gunned them down, you better believe they were praying to St. Valentine's well, because it was the St. Valentine's I'll Day massacre. I'll say happy Valentine's Day to my wife. To your oh, wife and my beautiful, to all of the people cat out there, loving, rescuing wife Nancy. <laughs> there you go. Happy Valentine's Day. Enjoy the big game. We'll be back next week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
buying, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.